When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hey, y'all. Hope you all had a very Merry Christmas, a very Happy New Year, or whatever holidays you may have celebrated. And let's keep those happy memories going. Because now, it's time to go to sleep. I'll be the one helping you do that. My name is Brandon, and I'm happy to be able to read you a bedtime story. Any ads or sponsorships that will support the show will play only after the intro and before the relaxation begins. This will help ensure there are no interruptions in your sleep. If you're a fan of true crime and would like to check out my other show, look up Music City 911 on any podcast app or YouTube. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Let's make sure you're all set up for a great night's sleep. If you're listening on YouTube or a podcast app, 
turn off the setting for autoplay so you won't be woke by other sounds once the episode is over. Set the temperature in your house to the most comfortable for you. If you like sleeping with a fan on, turn it to your most desirable setting. Turn all your lights out. Turn your TV off. Make sure your room and surroundings are as silent as you can make them. Now crawl into bed. Make sure you're using your covers and pillow in the most comfy way possible. Now to start. Rid yourself of all your thoughts from the day. Anything bad or good that you have had happen during the day, let those fade away and instead concentrate only on these relaxation instructions. If you still have thoughts in your head, repeat slowly over and over for 10 seconds. Don't think. Don't think. Don't think. Now close your eyes. Take a breath in and slowly exhale. Let those previous thoughts leave your body as you exhale. Imagine yourself in the most calming and serene environment possible. Calm your body. Relax every part. I want you to start shutting down each part of your body from top to bottom. The top of your head and your forehead. Relax those muscles. Let yourself feel them change from tense to relaxed. Relax your eyes. Do the same with your cheeks. Feel them fall as the tension leaves them. Now relax your jaw. Let your teeth slightly separate as you do this. Now let your shoulders drop as low as possible, and while doing that, let your arms, hands, and fingers all relax and loosen. Take another breath and think about your chest calming as you exhale slowly. Now relax your stomach, your legs, your knees, and your feet, all the way down to your toes. Now, I hope you're nice and relaxed. Let's fall deep into sleep by having a listen to The Mighty Deep, Chapter 5. Chapter 5 in ocean depths. My soul is full of longing for the secret of the sea. Longfellow. Through ages of the world's history, man knew nothing of the ocean 
beyond its surface. He could sail on the sea. He could bathe in the shallow waters near land. If a good swimmer, he might go further out and might even dive for one or two minutes out of sight. In more recent times, with the help of a diving bell, he could descend 30 or 40 feet. And in a diving dress, he might even, if experienced, get from one to 200 feet down. But that was all. Of the vast depths beyond, he was sublimely ignorant. He did not know so much as know of their existence until the late scientific expedition made in the vessel Challenger the great world of the under ocean was swathed in mystery nothing is known of it now by direct observation no living man can penetrate those depths the only mode in which we can learn what is what lives, what happens there, is by means of soundings, by sending down and drawing up specially prepared instruments, the reading of which gives us information about the underworld. Soundings made in earlier times did little more than tell navigators how deep the sea thereabout might be. Such instruments, as were then used, could neither work beyond a limited depth, nor say, their say, with accuracy. Of late years, immense improvements have taken place, both in the make of machines employed and in the methods of working them. Past soundings were few and unsystematic whereas now they are many and by rule. Thermometers have been made which bring up the bottom of the sea reports of the prevailing heat or cold, moving unaffected through warm or cold layers between. Specimens of the materials which lie on the ocean floor have been brought to light and analyzed living creatures in great numbers have been hauled from their own domains, examined and classified. A region of death, in one sense it is, and must be. All living creatures that die in the sea, unless devoured by other creatures, sink to the bottom, there to find a tomb. Covered at first, by a vast winding sheet of water they may be slowly buried under the shifting mud and sand but in this sense the whole crust of earth may be called one vast sepulcher wherein all animals that die are entombed people are slow to realize how modern is our knowledge of ocean depths about 300 years ago a famous navigator made the first sounding which went below 200 fathoms that is about 100 feet deeper than the height of Beachy Head from the shore 
he at once decided that, by a happy chance, he had aligned upon the uttermost depth in the ocean. To him, it was an awe-inspiring profunity, yet when viewed beside such abysses as have been recently discovered, depths of five and six miles, his little deep was as a saucer beside a lake. It is not easy to picture ourselves the changeless calm of those abysses, those five or six miles of underwater, with nothing from sea level to sea floor to break the dead monotony. Throughout such regions, storms, no matter how terrible, have no power. Winds cannot reach them. When ocean's surface is lashed by a hurricane into wild commotion, that commotion is superficial. It means a furious stirring and flurry of upper layers, and it means no more. If at the height of some fierce tornado, a sailor could leave his tossing, straining ship and could dive far into the sea, keeping breath and sense and life, he would soon quit the turmoil and would find himself in a scene of deep repose. Strange to say, the idea of submarine ships actually doing this have been mooted as one of the new projects in the beginning of the 20th century. Wave motion does not descend much below the surface. It is believed that the depth of water affected by a wave is usually about equal to the space which divides crest from crest. So if we are looking at little ripples flowing one after another with crests perhaps one foot apart, we may suppose that the water is disturbed by those ripples to a depth of about one foot. Or if we are watching larger waves with crests 20 feet apart, we may suppose the disturbance to reach down to a depth of some 20 feet. And if our gaze is fixed on dignified Atlantic rollers with crests six or eight hundred feet apart, we may suppose that the sea is affected to a depth of only six or eight hundred feet. Less and less affected, the deeper we go down. Six or eight hundred feet, compared with six miles, are hardly more than a man's skin compared with his body. And beyond the shallow depths, where wind and wave have sway, we come to a region of profound calm. This repose does not mean stagnation. Ocean's waters are ever on the move, traveling this way and that way. Currents exist far below as well as at the surface, but they are generally slow and placid, not rough and hurrying. Old oceans excitability lies all outside. Superficially, he is soon upset, but deep down, he is composed. A great deal of discussion has taken place as to the possibilities of light in those depths. 
Are they black with midnight darkness? Or do faint glimmers of daylight creep through? Ocean water, like other water, is transparent. Any substance is transparent when thin enough, even gold. A very thin film of water is not, however, needed for transparency. Many feet, even yards, may be seen through, if clean and pure. Few of us have not, at one time or another, looked down from a boat to see golden sand, variegated pebbles, small fishes swimming about at a considerable depth. Thus, with water, as with denser materials, transparency is merely a question of thickness. As the thickness increases, more and more rays of sunlight are taken captive, and the water becomes less and less translucent, till at length, if we could get deep enough, we should find ourselves to be surrounded with blackness. Another feature of ocean depths is that of immense pressure. We bear a certain degree of it in that other and lighter ocean, the atmosphere. A man of medium size has upon his body about 30,000 pounds weight, or some 15 pounds to the square inch. But this is nothing to what he would have to endure down in ocean waters. At a depth of one mile, an extra ton would be piled upon each square inch of his body. Two miles down would mean two extra tons on each square inch. Three miles down, three extra tons, and so on. The load would soon become intolerable. For many scientists maintain that in such depths, no life could exist since no bodies could withstand the awful pressure. Yet we know now that frail jellyfish, fragile shell inhabitants, do withstand it, flourishing there by myriads. Perhaps the fact was somewhat overlooked that the pressure upon a living creature is not only inwards from without, but also outwards from within. This is true of ourselves and the ocean of air, breathing air. It is true of creatures in the ocean of water, breathing water. Much less of the weight of 30,000 pounds might crush a man flat, were it not for the resisting pressure from within. If for one instant he could empty his body of all inner air and liquids, and could so harden his skin that no air should squeeze through its pores, he would be pressed as flat as a pancake by the surrounding atmosphere. A story has been told, illustrative of this. Once upon a time, a clever fellow started an original idea. He proposed to make a balloon, which should mount skyward, not from being full of hydrogen gas, but from being emptied of air. Being then the lighter than the atmosphere, it would, he said, of course rise. So far as the reasoning went, it was faultless. It only did not go far enough. The balloon being made, 
he named a day for its ascent and asked many friends to witness his triumph. At the last moment, all air was withdrawn and everybody waited in expectation, hoping to see the novel balloon skim lightly above their heads. But the inventor, while using strong materials, had failed to make full allowance for the tremendous pressure of the air when counteractive pressure from within should have been done away with. As the air was drawn out, the sides of the balloon collapsed, being crushed together as an empty eggshell may be smashed in a boy's hand. Instead of soaring gaily upward, the would-be aeronaut stood on earth, scanning with disappointed eyes a flattened and useless shell. A diver going down in the sea has a much increased weight upon his body, but he does not suffer from it to a serious extent, provided that he is not raised or lowered too fast. Much depends upon this. Both men and beasts can endure a good deal of alteration in the degree of pressure, whether from air or from water, but they cannot bear very abrupt changes. Hearts and lungs need time for growing accustomed to a fresh condition. In early days of diving, this was not understood, and some divers lost their lives through being too hurriedly hauled up. The same has been noticed in animals brought in quickly from great depths. They have been constantly found in the net or trawl, dying or dead, their bodies swollen and even bursting from the lessening pressure. It was natural that at first the belief should arise of life being in those parts impossible. Now, we know the animals die in the act of being drawn up and that they live and flourish in profound depths, unaffected by the vast load of water. The weight that a man can endure is not to be compared with what fragile sea creatures thrive under. Beyond a depth of some 200 feet or more, the pressure becomes too great for any human beings. Yet animals are found at depths of three or four miles. But the fact that man breathes air and that animals and the sea breathe, in a sense, water, makes an enormous difference in their power to resist pressure. One might suppose that the terrific weight of miles of water would squeeze lower layers to a smaller bulk. Water is, however, very difficult to compress, unlike air. At the bottom of the sea, four or five miles deep, the weight is said to equal about four tons upon the square inch. If this tremendous load were pressing upon a mass of air, 11,000 cubic feet in quantity, the whole would be crushed together in only 22 cubic feet. But that same weight pressing upon the same quantity of seawater would merely reduce its size to 10,000 cubic feet. So there is not much difference between the make of seawater near the surface and seawater at a great depth. 
Not only are oceans, depths, calm and free from storms. Not only are they black with midnight darkness. Not only are they heavy with the weight of miles of water overhead, but also for the most part, they are cold. Changes from season to season, like changes of weather, are superficial. At a depth of about 600 feet, seasons have ceased to be. There, summer and winter, autumn and spring, exist no longer. The dead level of calm and darkness is also a dead level of uniform weather and unalterable climate. Where changes of cold and heat do not come about, they are very uncertain. And usually, they are due to other causes than those which bring the succession of seasons upon Earth. Many remarkable facts have lately come to light with respect to oceans' temperatures. In far northern and far southern regions, near the two poles, the whole sea is very cold. One might expect the converse of this in tropical regions, a whole sea intensely warm, but this we do not find. The shallower parts, those included in the 100-fathom limit, may be nearly as warm below as above. When, however, deep-sea soundings are made, when the registering thermometer is dispatched on its mission of inquiry miles below the surface, then the report brought up is generally of great cold. In almost all deeper parts, the tale is told of a frigid underlayer, of water nearly and sometimes quite down to the freezing point of fresh water. This, not only in polar seas, not only in temperate oceans, but in the hottest portions of the tropics. The Atlantic, near the equator, is icy in its depths. A reckoning has been made that if the floor of the whole ocean, omitting shallower parts, could be divided into 100 equal portions. 92 of those portions would be found covered by water at a temperature of less than 40 degrees, and only 8 of them would lie under warm water. The vast mass of the ocean is cold, with a thin, warm layer over certain districts. Little doubt there can be made that this underlayer is largely fed by polar regions. We know that cold ocean rivers pour from north polar regions to the south, both in the Atlantic and in the Pacific. A general creeping underflow of icy waters towards the equator evidently balances the general surface drift of warm waters towards the poles. Since cold water is heavier than warm, it would naturally find its way to lower depths, leaving the warm, light liquid to float to the top. In the Mediterranean Sea, a marked contrast is found. There, no ice-cold layer is spread over the bottom, and the water in its uttermost depths, over two miles and a quarter, does not sink below a temperature of 54 degrees Fahrenheit. The heat of the sun in South Europe 
can hardly be compared with the heat of the sun over the Indian Ocean. Yet the latter has water far below the surface, down to at least 35 degrees. Practically, the Mediterranean, despite its depth, may be looked upon as an inland sea. The one opening which connects it to the ocean is not only comparatively narrow, but is also shallow, being less than 200 fathoms deep. The water on this dividing ridge remains at about 55 degrees, and the Mediterranean throughout, to its greatest depths, keeps to about the same degree of warmth. No entrance is afforded to the heavy cold currents from polar regions. The Red Sea is separated from the Indian Ocean by a similar ridge, and the same result is seen there. Over the floor of the Indian Ocean lies a carpet of chill water, but the whole body of the Red Sea never sinks, in summer or winter, below 70 degrees Fahrenheit. Here, too, the cold streams are not able to surmount the barrier, and in many deep ocean hollows, cut off by surrounding sub-ocean walls of rock, the same is found again. Warm water within the hollow, cold water on the ocean bed outside 